Welcome to another episode of Professors at Work, the weekly podcast from the American University of Beirut, where we talk to faculty members and researchers about the research and work they're doing, what they're finding, and what it means for the rest of us. I'm your host, Rami Khouri. Uh, glad to have you with us, and I'm very happy to have as our guest this week, Ali Sar Yahya, who is an assistant professor in the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering at AUB in the Maroon Saman Faculty of Engineering and Architecture. Ali Sar, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. You're doing uh, quite fascinating and uh, pioneering work, research, uh, and advocacy at the same time in an area that blends environmental engineering uh, with uh, gender equality issues. So uh, tell us exactly what it is that you're focused on and uh, what you're doing and, and, uh, and why it's important. A lot of our engineering uh, uh, projects, products, uh, and systems that we come up with we we rarely focus on the environmental side, and it was it has been like a habit for uh, many years. So engineers come up with solutions for uh, problems, but they neglect the effect of their their solutions on three aspects, mainly uh, basically the environment and the social fairness, if that's uh, something that they have to, to to look at, and social justice. So basically, this is one of the things that we have been facing. And the, the, the research that I'm trying to do basically bridges the gap between these two things, like how we can make engineers come up with ideas and designs that would actually respect as uh, as they actually address the solutions. They only res they as well respect the environment, the impact of their solutions on the planet, on human health, and at the same time on uh, uh, social equity, social fairness, and one of them maybe, and it can be gender equity. And from there, it came uh, the one of the projects that I'm working on is on period poverty, and basically addressing uh, period poverty from an engineering point of view. Okay, and uh, explain to us exactly what you're doing and uh, how you're addressing this issue. First, let's uh, explain a little bit what do you mean by period poverty. And how that uh, actually combines with what we I was I was talking about, which is like sustainability and engineering, and at the same time eco effectiveness. And I will explain a little bit what do I mean by that. But mm -hmm. period poverty is basically um, it has it has there are a lot of misconception about what do we mean by period poverty. It's right. not only the lack of access to menstrual products. It's also mm -hmm. about um, lack of access to let's say clean water, bathrooms. Uh, and as well as knowledge and awareness about the menstruation and the ability to talk and discuss about it and actually get the necessary help when needed. So yes. uh, these, the, this, the whole period poverty issue is actually, uh, it's a multi, uh, it has multi, multi aspects. And one of the things that we're trying to, to address is a particular aspect of the, of the whole problem, which is the access to menstrual uh, products. Yes. And that would actually start from looking at the problem in Lebanon. So this yes. problem has been actually in, in all over the world and a lot of parts of the world, even in well-developed countries. Uh, but in Lebanon, it emerged in a very severe way after the devaluation of Lebanese Lira and after the economic crisis, where basically, as we know, that the wages uh, per month dropped like from, let's say, 450 dollars uh, with 35 to 50 dollars wow. and uh, uh, so basically the price of one pack of uh, pads let's say which is used in Lebanon had um, 
like is an average of one of one to to, to ten to one to seven of the of the monthly wages, and wow. I think this is this is a very important issue, and that's where the the problem came came from. And if you want to say why why the prices are so high, it's simply because the, the we we uh, we import most of the materials that are used in the production, even if we have a local production, but the materials that are being used in the production are imported, and that's why we have these. Uh, high prices. Uh, right. So what, what what we tend to do is actually rethink the design. That why not lo use um, either local local products or local materials, or try to somehow recycle existing uh, uh, waste materials or what we consider as waste. Right. And here I will jump into the idea of waste, which is something that we we I focus a lot in my research. There is nothing called waste. Right. Nothing is wasted. We can call them nutrients or things that yeah. are, if they are valued in the right way, they can con contribute and they we can um, re they can be reused in a in a very um, uh, important way. Right. So if we look on the ma on the manufacturing side of pads, which are used widely in Lebanon because of the stereotypes about any other method. Mm -hmm. um, so and why we focused on that because the immediate immediate issue we have to solve the immediate issue so we do not want at the first step to change the mindset and change the the way the acceptance of other solutions we have to what we call like a to to adapt or adopt a human-centered design approach which is centered around the the needs and the acceptance of the community that we are part of yes and in the next step we can go forward for for changing um the way we look at, at different uh, other different products and the stereotypes that are associated with that. But looking at the materials that are used in the manufacturing of pads, there are 60% of them are made of, of plastics, plastic products. Wow. And that's that's in the immediate problems, like more than 60% made of plastic. And this means that we have a very high environmental issue besides the social economic issue that we were talking about. These paths where are disposed, these products, when they are disposed, they would actually create an environmental problem. Wow. And uh, we calculated the life cycle, as, we did the life cycle assessment, and we calculated something that is everyone is important, uh, is, is interested in, which is the carbon footprint or the carbon, the emissions, the CO2 equivalent emissions of the production uh, of um, one, let's, let's, one year of consumption for one menstruator. Right. And we found that to be around 8.4 kilograms of CO2 equivalent emissions. Mm -hmm. And to put that into perspective, for the general audience, what that, that what that means, uh, if we we take the average adult tree, and we we know that it absorbs around sixty grams of CO two per day, then right. it needs a tree around three to five months to just offset the use of one menstruator per year. So wow. we can see that the 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 um, the intensity of the environmental problem associated with with the use of menstrual um, uh, products and especially the pads. So from here, we came up of what we thought about the solution that would address the two issues at the same time. We address the environmental part and reduce the environmental impact and at the same time, how we can make it more financially affordable uh, for, for the local, uh, for the community in Lebanon. So uh, from there, we thought of two things. Mm -hmm. Basically, um, we can, we can um, try to um, manufacture or uh, the, the reusable pads, which are very interesting because 
the idea of recycling, the idea of reusing is um, would, would directly decrease the environmental impact. Yes. And here we go for the concept of eco-effective design. And what do we mean by that? An eco-effective design does not only um, like require the, the use of safe materials. So the first principle, let's say, use safe materials in any product and system. This means mm -hmm. that they, do not, they should not harm neither the humans nor the environment. The second right. thing, the materials should be thought of as in terms of circularity, how we can, we can mimic nature and the way it designs, actually make sure that the, the materials circulate safely in our uh, technical cycles, let's call them, or basically mm -hmm. if they were, they, were, they were to be dumped in landfills, they should be able to biodegrade safely. Otherwise, right. they should keep recycling in our uh, technical uh, cycles. And the third one is the production should be based on 100% renewable energy, 100% renewable water or recyclable water. But the fifth point, which is very important that was ignored in most cases is the social fairness, the idea of how, who makes the products, how the products are affecting the communities, where they are made or where they are used. So this is something that usually is overlooked and right. we, do not, we do not look who, who are the workers, the laborers that are manufacturing the products that we are using and how this is affecting also the communities around them. So, um, so an eco-effective design should address these from the very beginning, from the first day of doing the design or putting the design concept. Right. Um, uh, so from here, we said that one of the solutions would be based on reusable paths, which would be the, the main uh, materials would be recycled cotton from textile waste or textile leftovers, let's say, after a specific um, and well-designed process so that we make sure that we have, we have safe materials and the, right. we, we do the anti antibacterial um, um, uh, experiments on that. Right. So this, this means that we are using recycled waste or uh, recycled textile waste. So we, we're actually finding a, a solution for a problem that is already existing, which is textile waste and putting that back in a loop so that we are the, the basic, the bulk material that we are using as, a, as raw material is actually coming from something that we, we disregard usually. Um, right. The other thing is, is um, using the banana fibers. And mm -hmm. because we are and locally, we do have uh, we, we do grow uh, in the agricultural communities. We have bananas and we do have actually uh, leftovers or basically what we can. These are the stems of the banana. Uh, the fibers comes from the stem of the bananas and then actually they are treated chemically so that they soften and they can be create or we can create some kind of a sheets and we can use them instead of um, uh, with 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 cotton. Uh, uh, as well, but uh, so the, the idea here is that we are using a local material which is biodegradable mm -hmm. and uh, it is more safe for the environment. At the same time, we do not have to import the plastic materials that are uh, that uh, basically that constitute the the, the the bulk or the major um, part of the of the product. So let me interrupt you for a second, Elisar. Um, you've 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 uh, brought up about six or seven really important dimensions, including, you know, government policies, economic mm -hmm. stress, uh, subsidizing uh, materials, importing versus producing locally, environmental um, um, uh, fairness, human uh, justice fairness, uh, recycling. I mean, there's just an incredible range of issues here that all come together. Uh, so when, when you, as you do your research and you look at these options that are 
available. Do you have you come up, you and your colleagues who are working on this? Do you have like a set of specific proposals uh, for the Lebanese government, for private manufacturers, for advocates uh, in society working for social justice? Do you see that as part of your uh, your responsibility as as engineers? Yes, yes, and that's actually the, the, the goal. Uh, it doesn't have to be with the government because we know how things might go, but with local communities, with local, um, actually, like, maybe NGOs, um, what we're going to, to come up with, like, after doing our experiments, our, our technical work, let's say it, mm-hmm. let's call it, uh, we, we, what we aim is to create guidelines for the, for the production of these so that anyone with proper training can can be part of the solution. So um, actually, it's like turning the, the the challenge into an opportunity, even for local communities to be productive and to um, uh, to, to be part of this um, um, of the whole solution. This means that if we have these proper guidelines and we can train, maybe and most likely, like women look in local communities, they can have their private workshops so that mm-hmm. they co- they can produce their own products. So right. that's the, the, the idea is that when they have, when, when, the, when, the, when the guidelines are very clear, they can, and they are trained very well, they can have, they can, they are able to actually satisfy the needs of their, of their community by local production or by these women, like they have these workshops. And at the same time, they will have the financial benefit from that, from that because they're actually, maybe they are either being paid for, for their service or they're, they're selling whatever they're doing. So it depends on what is the, uh, the idea of the local workshops would be. Right. And uh, do you have examples from other countries that have already addressed this issue and come up with feasible solutions? Or is this uh, a sort of globally pioneering work you're doing that nobody else has tried to address? Oh, no, no, there are there are uh, things that have been done in different countries and in different scales. And uh, of course, a solution can be adapted in one country and might not be feasible for another country. So mm-hmm. um, what we were facing, like a lot of uh, period poverty solutions are actually, if we're talking only about the access to the, to the products themselves, they can propose things that could be cheaper and um, like, for example, the ministerial cups or um, or basically even the more environmentally friendly uh, than, the, than the pads can be also the tampons. But mm-hmm. the, the, the menstrual cups are one solution. But seeing the stigma behind these things in, in Lebanon, in our communities, the, 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 let's say the, the immediate issue cannot be solved by reforming uh, or basically creating some awareness on that. It, it could be on the, on the long term. So we can readdress the issue by different solutions on the long term by just like using different uh, different types or different uh, um, other solutions but but in our country there's there's some stigma so we have to just base our solutions on what is acceptable by our communities this is one thing the second thing the involvement of people or of women in workshops this has been done in um, in in countries in africa and in asia um yes women just like make them basically under usable pads and not on the banana fibers but uh but the user pads they they manufacture them locally in local workshops and they just um exchange uh, these things uh, or basically each each community has its local workshop and it was backed up and and financed and supported by uh, by ngos and the they say reusable pads mm-hmm. yes so the the they the, the, explain how they the, the reuse yes. happens 
Okay, so and that's another idea. We we wanted to highlight this because in Lebanon also it's not it wasn't very acceptable. But with proper awareness and instruction on the maintenance, this means that these pads are being reused. They are they are made of one hundred percent cotton materials. And mm -hmm. if we in our case it's, it would be one hundred percent cotton recycled recycled cotton materials. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, there there is a proper way of actually cleaning and maintaining them so that they are safe for the next use. And this wow. is the this this could come with a solution. If I'm if we're going to give the people a solution, women a solution, we have to make sure that that comes with 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 good instruction. And the instructions can be during workshops because not everyone maybe can or basically maybe a, a video that they can watch so that they can learn how to maintain the product that they have. Uh, because the one of the critical issues is that if there is no proper cleaning of it, it can create other. Uh, health issues. So we have to make sure that instructions are and awareness are are given in the right way. Wow, um, this is fascinating because uh, it, it really brings to light the expanded role of engineers and engineering faculties in our case, uh, or engineering companies. You know, you think of engineers as people who come up with uh, you know building materials or mm -hmm. really fast cars or or yeah. electron electronic engineering, but Half of what you've been talking about, or even more, is really social engineering. It's about uh, human communities, values of people, traditions, um, and also part of it is about uh, government policies to subsidize or to tax imports or to produce uh, materials or to set environmental guidelines. So being an engineer in the work you're doing is really a social engineering as much as technical engineering. Yes, exactly. And this is one thing that we're trying to, to shift from. Like, uh, when when I started working at AUB, like I'm uh, as any other um, professor, scientist, researcher in the engineering department, we we tackle te very technical, very hard science issues, and that's th that's for sure. This is part of our job. Mm. But in in parallel, something that I wanted to incorporate, and this is what I do also in my teaching. So because I teach teach engineering sustainability. And mm -hmm. I, I enforce the idea to change the perspective of engineers. We're not only designing for solutions. We are also, we have to design for circularity, for social fairness, because if our solutions were not, were, were not, for, were not uh, actually used for the well-being of the societies, then our solutions are, might be impacting in a negative way. And the idea of just minimizing the risk is, is not enough or minimizing the, the negative impact is not enough in our, in our era. We have to create a positive design what we do yes. a positive positive in all aspects environmentally economic and social and uh, that's why we founded i founded um an initiative at aub it's called sustainable engineering and lifestyle which mm -hmm. promotes both the lifestyle in a sustainable way for everyone but for engineers it means let us change the perspective on engineers for engineers to design for eco effectiveness and the meaning of eco effectiveness is everything that we've talked about that's right. the humanitarian side of, of engineering that should be incorporated side by side with circularity and the like addressing the environmental issues. Right. And in the meantime, uh, you know, uh, girls and women are, are, especially in Lebanon, and of course, if you look around the region, Syria, uh, Yemen, Iraq, uh, Libya, countries mm -hmm. in crisis and wars um, uh, and economic collapse in many cases, uh, the the suffering at the human personal level, the family and community level, uh, just gets worse and worse in the current conditions, right? Exactly, exactly, and and that's why we 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 have we have to have immediate actions 
to both empower women to take a role and, and change. And that's, I think, the, 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 the major thing about everything that's related to, to women issues. The idea women or any like, the gender issues. Uh, the idea of empowerment and having uh, a seat on a decision-making uh, table. That's the, the, whole, the, whole, the whole thing. And when, when one of the ideas or one of the things that we are trying to do is that make them and be, be involved in, in taking action. If there were engineers or if they were uh, at any, at any uh, uh, part in any part of the country, everyone has a specific role that can be um, you, useful for, for their own community. But just we have to highlight how can, ever, can everyone uh, serve the community in a better way. So, wow. yeah. So. Well, we've almost run out of time, uh, Alisar. Can you tell, tell us what are you, what's your next focus now? What's the next step in this research? So in this research, we, have, we, we plan to finalize the guidelines so that we move on into um, basically properly addressing the who can help us, especially in terms of NGOs, to create or to, as, um, to create these small workshops that are uh, based on our uh, guidelines. The long-term solution would be to talk about, like in parallel, we have to talk about this issue. If we talk about it, then we destigmatize the, the the problem. People have to talk, have to feel comfortable in talking about it, uh, both be between males and females. So uh, I think the 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 issue is is a like solving the 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 problem is a lot has a long term and a short term solution, uh, which would be short term in a technical way. Long term is changing the mindset and changing the, the way we look at the problem and destigmatizing it. So well, hopefully we can we can do that. Well, well, you're doing uh, important work. Um, Ali Yahya is assistant professor in the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering in the uh, Engineering and uh, and Architecture Faculty at, at AUB. Uh, thank you for being with us, Ali and uh, I'm sure we'll connect again in the future to see where where you're moving. Yes, thank you. Thanks a lot. Okay, and uh, thank you to, for the audience to join us at this. Uh, episode of Professors at Work. I'm Rami Khoury, your host at AUB. Join us again next week. Bye for now.